The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Oh, this book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dykeshordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about Chapter 17 of Prisoner of Azkaban, Cat, Rat, and Dog, in which the gang, horrified at hearing what they think is the beheading, head back to the castle under the invisibility cloak with a thrashing Scabbers. Scabbers gets away and Ron chases after him, and Harry and Hermione chase Ron right to the Whomping Willow. Ron grabs Scabbers, only to be grabbed by the black dog Harry's been seeing this entire year and dragged under the Whomping Willow. Crookshanks gets Harry and Hermione under the tree and into the tunnel where they arrive at the Shrieking Shack. Here, finally, they discover that the black dog is Sirius Black, and Harry and Hermione, still thinking that he is a murderous criminal, slap him around for a little bit until Lupin arrives. Lupin, of course, takes Sirius aside, which is the last straw for Hermione, and tells the gang that Lupin was a werewolf, as if someone named Remus Lupin will be anything but. <laughs> uh, Lupin realizes he's been wrong all these years, and finally lets the kids know that it's Scabbers Sirius is after, and that Scabbers is Peter Pettigrew. And with us in our virtual studio to talk about this very exciting chapter is our friend and yours, Tahira Alexander Green. Uh, Tahira is a queer, black, non-binary literary artist living in Washington, D.C. with their partner, their pitbull mix, and 30-plus houseplants. They love to celebrate Black queer weirdos and their work. You can read their writing on The Rumpus, Black Youth Project, Autostraddle, and more. Follow them on Twitter at Tahira A. Green for updates on their art. Tahira, welcome. Hey! Glad to be back. Always great to have you in our virtual studio slash see your face. Oh, same, same. Listeners, you will all be seeing their face on uh, our social (laughs) media when this episode comes out, so... Yeah, uh, me and Tahira were at the virtual AMC conference this year, which was great, but not as cool as being able to be there in person. I know, I was excited when we got put in the same breakout room. I was like, yay, friend! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay, let's do this, shall we? Yeah. We're going to start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Totally avoidable situation devolves into chaos for absolutely no reason. <laughs> uh, Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, with that, we're going to turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of the newspaper. 
Uh, Tahira, would you be so kind as to kick us off? Sure. So I debated whether or not this is front page or editorial, but I feel like it's front page. The fact that everybody is bleeding all the time in this chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Just like every second, there's a nose bleeding, there's a lip bleeding, there's blood dripping into the eyes. (laughs) This is like a very viscerally physical chapter because everyone is just hitting everyone else. Yeah. Really wild. I also had this like Harry gets so fucked up in the face by the Whomping Willow, and then we just never talk about it again. Right? He's, like bleeding into his eyes, and then it's just like, and then he crawled through a tunnel. Bye. Like, I want some. I think I want some follow up about that because it sounds I mean, really serious. I mean, it might be filled with dirt, which might have stopped the bleeding. Ew. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, Hermione gets, like, a cut on her shoulder that, like, is serious enough that Harry notices it. So I'm just like, they're just all kinds of fucked up in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. So. So much violence. Yeah, it's it's really a lot. Uh, my first thing is that this chapter could have been called Kirkshanks, Kirkshanks Help With These Damn People and Feel Superior About It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the Like, the bit where the kids walk in into the bedroom with Sirius and Ron are at, and Crookshank is just chilling on this, like, dusty old bed, just, like, purring, being like, oh, you've arrived, finally. <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> or, like, the whole time Crookshank is watching, like, Hermione and Harry get beat up by the Whomping Willow, just sitting back until Hermione's like, please help! And then Crookshank is like, okay, I'll let you in. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, what's the magic word? <laughs> Are y'all going to figure it out? Do you need to come rescue? Okay, I guess. I'll show you how to get through this tree. Which I feel like is a very cat sort of personality thing to Like everything about Curtis's behavior besides things that require a lot of extra thinking. And just like, yeah, he's just acting like he's just like, oh, I guess I'll help you guys. But like maybe me in the first place. I really did. I did appreciate, though, he sort of uh, breaks that character when he leads them through the tunnel because he stays in sight the whole time when he clearly could get there like way faster than them. He's like, are you coming? Which I guess cats do when they're like, it's time to feed me. Are you still behind me? So maybe <laughs> yeah. that's what he's got going yeah. on. I mean, I feel like uh, cats just have a very low opinion of people's intelligence, which I feel like I respect about cats. Yeah, Ooh. totally. Yeah. <laughs> It's part of the it's part of the charm. Uh, Crookshanks uh, did legit like make me cry, and I want to be very upfront about the fact cool. that I'm like kind of a mess right now, generally. But like when he goes and sits over Sirius's mm-hmm. heart and is like, "I'm not fucking moving. I'm taking yep. care of you right now." I was weeping, <laughs> <laughs> having so many feeling and then Sirius is like you should move and Harry's like I guess I gotta kill this cat and then it's like Oof. Harry you're not gonna kill you're not any- gonna kill the cat you're, you're not gonna, gonna kill, kill anyone. anyone right <laughs> <laughs> like, what, who do you think you are right now <laughs> that's why everyone's silent while he debates am I gonna do it no you're not I feel like Christian just knew that he wasn't gonna do it but he's like just in case you don't realize you're not gonna do it I'm gonna sit the fuck right here <laughs> And look, stare you in your dead in your eyes and be like, <laughs> are you? Because I know you're not. Yeah. Uh, Kirkshanks is the best boy in this chapter. He, mm-hmm. I mean, just generally in this book, Kirkshanks is, is the hero of this story, I think. All true. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So 
Ron Ron's relationship with Scabbers once again bringing up really big feelings for me. Like he's so emotionally attached to this rat, and I was just like, oh, Ron, like this is really sweet. He's a terrible pet, and he ran away from you and just bit you. And you're like, no, I'm out. I'm leaving right now to go chase my rat because I love him so much. And it's just like, like really with sweet. A, without a thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a kind of a follow-up to that, if that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, is that I honestly don't think Ron would have been able to have caught Scabbers if Scabbers was a real rat. Mm. <laughs> As someone who yeah. has had pet rats, they move real quick. Or if, if you live in a city where there are rats everywhere, you see how quick a rat moves. Like, there's no way you're consent with your bare hands and not as a, like gangly 13 year old you know like you're definitely not catching that rat i feel like uh mm-hmm. crookshanks was playing defense a little bit with that because i, f- I kind of feel like crookshanks sort of like rerouted scabbers back to where ron would be able to grab him maybe mm-hmm. or maybe he'd grabbed him first and ron just like shoved scab like shoved crookshanks away yeah but still ron was being dragged through a house and yet the rat still stayed on his person yeah, well, we did establish that Ron's carrying Scabbers in, like, a very weird, like, zipper pocket situation. Because oh. uh, otherwise, like, where the fuck is this <laughs> rat pocket, right? It's yeah. So I feel like it's just, like, a very deep pocket that Scabbers can't easily get out of. Yeah, it's like a floating okay. Okay. rat. It's like a floating, ambiguous rat pocket, uh-huh. which I'm like, that's kind of great. I love it. Ooh. Yeah. So just imagine a really ridiculous 90s sweatshirt with like a huge like weird pocket. What a visual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Tahira, what do you have next? Another thing for the front page is that everyone seems to be able to catch wands with one hand. Truly. I know. It's the skill that everyone wants, really. <laughs> it is really excellent hand-eye coordination. I would I have dropped every every time. Everybody's won every time. <laughs> <laughs> like and catches it deftly i'm like how (laughs) is that even how the spell works i don't understand it is not when we first see it but then after that it is so you know incongruity maybe it does like magnetize them to your hand or something like that which would be like the point of a spell like expelliarmus yeah because you wouldn't want to like de-arm god what is the word i'm looking for disarm Uh, disarm thank you (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it fits for this chapter. <laughs> you wouldn't want to like disarm someone and then have it just like roll away within their reach. You'd want it to be like into your hand. So it would make sense that this spell would actually do that. Mm-hmm. Jesse, what do you have? So I have a bit about Ron in the later section, uh, but I just really want to say that after Ron gives his big, you have to kill all of us if you want to kill Harry. And Sirius' response is just to tell Ron to sit down and fuck his leg up even more. And I'm like, oh my god, crying. (laughs) (laughs) You even know this kid and you're like, please don't hurt yourself even more. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh my god. Ron did a lot on that broken leg. And I'm still unclear of how the leg broke, but okay. (laughs) Tree root, something. A truly excellent question. Sirius (laughs) is so strong, apparently. (laughs) Because that is a wild way to break a leg. (laughs) Yeah. Or else Ron has like a bone condition that is about to get diagnosed as a result of this leg break. Ron, eat some more leafy greens and some red meat for your bones, bro. 
Yeah. I mean, that whole scenario with Ron sort of limping along, it reminded me of like the final girl in a horror movie, just like trying to get away. A lot of this book very much like made me think about horror stories. I think that's why when I was younger, it was one of my favorite books. Because Sirius Black is always looming in the background. You never know. And then at last there's the black dog. No, you're right. Ron is very much not quite the final girl. But yeah, the kind of just like, it's the end of the battle. And like, we're just beat totally the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, so my last, my last front page is that I am an actual 12 year old apparently because i could not stop giggling at the line ron had both hands held tight over the quivering lump (laughs) (laughs) that's fair honestly (laughs) wow (laughs) that's it that's all i got nope that's it (laughs) Um, yeah, to hear what what's next. I think the last thing I had was about Harry punching his godfather in the face. Just, like, didn't necessarily see that coming. I guess Harry learned from Hermione about punching people. Because <laughs> I don't think Harry's punched anyone in his life. <laughs> no, it really is, like, such an unexpected move. Yeah. Speaking of confusing physical moves, I have this bit highlighted because it's, it's actually it's in the part where Ron, where harry and sirius are fighting we're basically like harry and Ron, harry and sirius are fighting and then harry's like hermione's foot comes out of nowhere and hits sirius and i'm like did she just high kick sirius in the face <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just and like i was like reading over that bit i'm like actually mm-hmm. what is happening physically is a little bit confusing if they're like still against mm-hmm. the wall or on the floor but i'm just I just want to imagine that Hermione just, like, out of nowhere high kicks him in the face. It's confusing through this whole section. Can you high kick in robes? I guess it depends on how much fabric you have in order to, like, I guess how, like, loose the robes are. So I'm now imagining her, like, hitching her robes up like a can-can dance. <laughs> 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 incredible that's the only scenario i'm accepting so that's okay that is definitely gotta be a thing that like the kids in the like girls bathroom of hogwarts like talk about which is like how to best maneuver in their robes and if you need to kick someone you know i thought you were gonna say they like wear petticoats under their robes because i totally would have worn so many petticoats under my (laughs) you know it's pretty cold there it might actually be better for them if they were wearing petticoats uh, they kind of increase airflow mm. i don't know i guess i have been thinking a lot about buffy recently so i'm just imagining like her mind is high kicking serious in the face i'm just like oh. yeah <laughs> uh yeah is that your last one uh no i have a few more well it's all you from here oh, on out. okay uh there's also a line in this chapter like right when harry throws himself at serious start hitting him is that like harry had forgotten about magic and I'm like, this is honestly half of the series where like Harry does a thing and doesn't remember that he is a magician, he is a wizard, that he is a witch and he can do magic. But also Harry forgot that he was short and skinny and 13. So <laughs> there was a lot of things for Harry lost track of in that moment. Oh my God, does Harry have like small dog energy? <laughs> Uh, 
also amuses me to think about. Um, okay, so just a few more things. Uh, so Lupin, when he walks into the Shrieking Shack and is like, him and Sears have their like half conversation. It's basically like Lupin is the epitome of the like gif of someone where they have like the math calculations and shit over their yes. face and they're like figuring everything <laughs> out. And I'm like, that's literally what's happening in his brain <laughs> in this exact second. Yep. Yep. Uh, also, speaking of Hermione, she is so over whatever the fuck is happening in this shrieking shack. Like <laughs> when Lupin like walks in is like, oh, serious. And they quote unquote embrace like brothers. She's just like, oh. she like loses her shit. She's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> she screams, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's just, I just find it so hilarious. Just like, she is just, she just can't anymore. And she is just losing all of her composure about what is happening. And it's like, I don't know why it's really funny to me, but it really she she found her voice a couple chapters ago and she's not letting go she's like in this moment most people would be like struck speechless by mm-hmm. the everything happening but i'm done with that now and i will be screaming literally exactly what i'm feeling which is <laughs> not, not really i don't know it's just so like <laughs> uh yeah uh, also, Hermione's werewolf research is big Virgo energy. Yes, so much research. <laughs> Lupin is like, did you do one or the other? She's like, I did both. I'm just like, oh my god, girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so my last thing in what feels like unfortunate 2020 energy, when Lupin is like, oh yeah, I wrote the map, and that's like not even the biggest thing that's happening in this chapter. So you're kind of just like, all right, cool. That's fine. <laughs> I guess you're Mooney. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's just keep it rolling with all of the all of the information that we're getting. Have they even pieced together that they were all friends at this point? Yes. So Harry knows. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They had a conversation about it during his Dementor fight. Oh lesson. yeah. Okay. With a lot yeah. of deflecting from Loop. Yes. <laughs> Really, really downplayed how close he was. With I thought James. I knew him. <sighs> I know. <laughs> uh. Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. So in this chapter, we finally get the honestly not so big reveal of uh, Lupin being a werewolf. And... Harry is in a space where he just, like, can't even process that. He's just like, whatever the fuck's happening, I don't care. But Hermione and Ron, like, react Mm. like, y'all, dudes, chill your bigotry down for a second. I had this same one. I just, I felt for Lupin then. Especially when Ron is like, get away from me, werewolf. Like, oh, no. And he's like, stops. Lupin has been outed. (laughs) Also, Lupin's trying his best, you know? It's like... He has this condition because of a trauma. He's taking his potions as he should. And y'all are treating him like trash. Also, is that really going to erase the past like nine months of like the best teaching you've had so far slash will have at this fucking school? Yeah. I felt like it really 
at least to me felt very like Lupin's queer allegory because it starts with this line from Hermione of you and him where it's very like you know Mm. she's like clocked them and then is like he's a werewolf and it's like is that could we just replace that word with like a slur for gay people and Mm. have this chapter be the same because I think the answer is yes yeah basically Yeah. yeah And then we find out that Snape outed him on purpose, Mm -hmm. um, even if just to Hermione, which is all just very gross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would would hope there would be some, like, not terrible students who would have been like, this is weird, and then been like, whatever. Like, (laughs) about, like, is Lupin a werewolf? Meh. Is that my business? No. (laughs) I feel like Hermione did that up until this moment and then she chose to weaponize it against him which is like even worse because i think she really was being like i'm gonna not be a bigot and then was like here's a sweet opportunity for me to change my mind about that and then just go so hard on it she lets us down she really does yeah it's very it's very unfortunate and i just it makes me definitely like just kind of ache for Lupin in this moment where he's already like geography problem floating <sighs> gifts of like, oh, I just have had to reassess what I thought happened. This like traumatic event from like 13 years ago was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going through a lot. Yeah, he's surprisingly chill for the amount of shit that's probably going through his brain right now. You know, I feel like he's in emotional shutdown mode. The way that he reacts when... When Hermione outs him is just like, as a trans person, I'm like, oh, I know exactly the feeling that he's having right now where it's like, I will not be processing that emotion at this time. Thank you. (laughs) Take a ticket. I'll deal with that later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tahira. Well, I had the same one for politics. So I have... (laughs) a few others with your consent can i talk about current police bullshit stuff for a minute yeah okay yeah um so hermione has this moment at the beginning of the chapter where the actually hearing the axe swing and haggard crying uh she has this like really big emotional reaction of sort of like a new level of shock and dismay and like hurt than she had when she just knew that it was going to happen. And I, so I was thinking about, I don't know if it made like national news or not, but last weekend in Portland, there was a white nationalist rally that turned super violent. Like they had like guns and like a bunch of other shit and we're like attacking counter protesters pretty intensely and the police didn't do anything like the police who have been declaring riots uh, about peaceful protests every single night for like three months now uh they did nothing they just like let this happen let someone who is like known to be on parole have an unregistered gun in public and we're like that's fine Um, And then as soon as those folks left, they declared it an unlawful gathering and like tear gassed and like attacked the the anti-fascist protesters. And I feel like I had a similar reaction to what Hermione has here, which is like 
the ongoing stuff where I'm like, this is, they're like attacking protesters every night. I have like outrage and like, I'm so angry and it like fuels this thing in me where I'm like, I can like contact the people in power and like do the things. And then when they like blatantly and just like publicly are like, yes, we will actually not do anything to try and like mask the fact that like we are with these people like kind of broke me emotionally in a way that I didn't know I could like go past the feelings that I already was having and I don't know I feel like that's mirrored here and Hermione being like I knew it was bad and I knew it was going to happen but then it actually happened and like there was a whole new level of feeling inside of me that I didn't know could actually exist I mean, honestly, I feel like I felt that makes sense because it's sort of like I think there's still a difference between the idea of a thing happening and then like actually being like, oh, this this happened, you know, I don't know, like that fucking that fucking kid in who went to who like drove to Wisconsin and like murder some protesters. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Cool. Like just okay, cool. Now it's just white supremacists are just deciding that you're just gonna have a open season, and I'm like, and it's like a thing that I know in my brain was gonna happen, but to like see it is like, it's like it. I just don't even. I'm like, it's yep. traumatic. Yeah, it's traumatic in a way that like yeah. I feel like my brain is just like can't even like really process. Even so. when you know that evil is there, when you're confronted with it, it's just. Like how they, their minds went blank and they were in shock. Yeah. It's the same thing. You like go into a sort of shock. You're like, oh, wow. But really it is happening and it's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like, you know, the people that you would think would prevent it from happening are just going to stand by and let it happen. And it's like, cool. Awesome. The government is useless. <laughs> useless slash like on the same team. As mm-hmm. the yeah. That are doing the things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the political stuff in in this book is like specifically this book because it has so much to do with like the quote unquote justice system in this world is just yeah. like so highly relevant right now in a mm-hmm. way that like I appreciate because that's like the point of this podcast in a lot of ways but also is like ugh. that's so true yeah especially with the Malfoys which I know you've already talked about on a different episode and like but yeah. and like fucking fudge and just fucking this whole like just like fudge being the most fucking useless mm-hmm. yeah yep. and and like employing this ex-death eater for this position mm-hmm. and yeah <sighs> um and i guess i'm gonna transition t- from that to something else that i feel like is very <laughs> topical so this thing happens where so you know harry is our narrator Mm-hmm. He has been talking about Crookshanks this whole chapter and using the pronoun he for Crookshanks. The moment that Harry decides that he's going to kill Crookshanks to kill Sirius, he starts using the pronoun it to talk about the cat. Oh, I didn't even oh, notice I didn't that. that. I like feel like a visceral, like, I want to go throw up reaction to that, which is, it's like very effective writing. But yeah, I feel like it speaks, Jesse, to a lot of what you've talked about in terms of like the way that like Malfoy thinks about Hagrid, for instance, um, and the ways that people dehumanize others in order to like justify the, their behavior. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it didn't work because Harry still couldn't, didn't kill Kirk Shanks. But he was trying. He was pulling that out of his arsenal of being like, I just can't even think about it as like my friend's cat who I've been hanging out with for the past like entire school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hate the politics section. Let's leave. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Let's go to editorial then. Let's do it. I mean, we're going to rant about shit there. Can we can we take a humor break and we can I finally remember to write an advert. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Advertisements, uh, where I write an advertisement. I haven't introduced this in actual months. I have forgotten. <laughs> I don't know what I say here. Um, anyway, here we go. One in five Brits suffer from the complete inability to provide highly relevant information in a timely manner. If you find yourself unable to say anything but misleading and menacing half-truths when faced with a crisis, you may have a condition called fucking yourself over-itis. Luckily, there's a new medication that can help. Wow, get it together is a simple once-daily pill that helps you provide clear and concise information before the situation devolves into a full-on crisis. No more backing yourself into a literal corner, muttering about how you committed a murder that you definitely did not commit. Just take, wow, get it together, at least 15 minutes before that murder accusation, and enjoy the feeling of figuring it all out before anyone gets arrested. Wow, get it together, for when the truth really will set you free. Beautiful. That's great. (laughs) But also, I need some. Uh, All right, now we can go rant about stuff. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. So this isn't a very long rant, but I just, they're in the Shrieking Shack, and there's this point where Harry is so adamant that ghosts couldn't do this. And it annoyed me because Portugeist exists, and Peeves could definitely have done that. And I was just like, why are you so sure that this is, I felt like it was trying to suggest that Harry was wiser than he actually was. It's like, he has no clue what's going on here. It could very well be haunted by poltergeists. And that could be why this shrieking shack is the way it is. But I don't know. I was like, "Mm, I'm not buying it, Harry. You don't know what's going on. That's a great point. I actually caught on to that, too. And where my brain took it was like, yeah, ghosts can't touch things. Why are people afraid of this being a haunted building? Like, what is to be feared about something being haunted in a world where ghosts can't physically do anything to you? Do they think it's full of poltergeists? That's a great question. Because we do, they do distinguish, like, Peeves is a quote-unquote a real ghost, but Mm -hmm. something haunted by a fuckload of poltergeists, even if they're Peeves, is like, do not go in that building. (laughs) Right? Like, even if they're not trying to scare you, they think it's very funny to physically fuck you up, so, (laughs) yeah. They enjoy it. Yep. Yeah, and also just because it's boarded up doesn't mean that there wouldn't be, like, I don't know, wild animals living in there. Come on. Also true. Yeah, I did. It's a funny thing to be reassured by. I don't know if that was how we were supposed to (laughs) hear it, but it kind of felt like Harry was like, oh, that wasn't a ghost. Let's go. It's like, no, it's something with giant teeth and claws. (laughs) Like, that's way worse. Yeah, it's something that is tearing up the furniture that seems more concerning. Yeah, than whatever there's like you blood think. stains on the walls. Like, dude, that's... I also still have a hard time 
visualizing exactly what this tunnel is like because apparently they're able to run and they're crouching and I just I don't understand you know honestly same because I guess in my brain I just always envision them just like crawling but which they do in later books because they get bigger you know that that run that run that the like kilt wearing like anime larper dudes do where you stick your arms straight out behind you and like bend forward and just like run really fast that's what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) they're just naruto running through this tunnel well covered in blood (laughs) (laughs) streaming behind (laughs) oh my god amazing no offense kilt wearing LARPer dudes who do that run. We love you. You're welcome here. I mean, it's fine. It's a, it's, it's a whole meme, so. Uh, Jesse, I think, yeah. Uh, so this is a bit of a lighthearted rant, I guess. Or maybe not quite a rant. But I just want to, like, say that Ron, did, like, is really on top of this chapter. He's, like, the most beaten up, I think, out of everyone. Minus Sirius, who is, like, literally starving. Um, but you see, like, the best of his character in this chapter. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to say, give him the kudos about running after scabbers and then standing up on a, like, clearly mangled leg to be like, you have to kill all of us, dangerous murderer guy. And I'm just like, oh, Ron. Mm-hmm. Such a good friend. Mm-hmm. I just want to He does stand up on his broken leg multiple times, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's why Sirius tells him this. Literally fuck standing up for his friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we got to talk about what the advert was about, y'all. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I know the answer is plot, but like putting aside that and getting in world, what the fuck are Lupin and Sirius doing? Like. Sirius much worse than Lupin, but Lupin could have come into the room with the it leading with the information, right? Like, they both are just, mm-hmm. like, we got to make it to the end of the chapter. Wait, no, I'm trying to stay in world. I don't, what is Sirius doing? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's so many just like time. incomplete Sirius sentences just... <laughs> and just dashes where I'm like, just fucking say, dude, the rat killed your parents. Like, or not the, but like, the rat is Peter. Pettigrew, I didn't betray your parents. Like, just lead with that. Sirius just doesn't know how to communicate with people anymore. It's how I took that. It's been a dog for so long. Doesn't know. All he wants to do is kill that rat. There will be only one murder here tonight. Like, <laughs> okay, fair. I don't fair. think we can excuse that line. <laughs> no. He loves like, the drama. Like, That's what it is. They love the drama. I mean, <laughs> That's what honestly, it really is. <laughs> I feel like given the inside of Sirius's house, I feel like the they his family whole family is just all about that drama, so <laughs> It is ridiculous though that no one finishes their sentences and I'm like, just have a clear sentence about we're not trying to kill you here. <laughs> I, right, like, you'll have to kill all three of us. Even if you want to be vague, you could just be like, I don't want to kill any of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually here to kill someone else. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then even, like, Lupin gets, like, off track, and I'm like, my dude, you could just, you don't have to give us things about the map and the cloak. You could just be like, okay, listen, Harry, we're not here to murder you. It's the rat. <laughs> Right. Have you seen Crookshanks? He's after the rat. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Would have been a boring chapter, maybe. You wouldn't get that last line. (laughs) (laughs) Cliffhanger. Yep. Okay. That's it. I think that's my only one that we haven't already covered. Uh, I have one more editorial, unless, Tahira, you have something you want to talk about. Check my notes. I do have a question about why everyone was so fucking silent while Harry was contemplating murder, especially (laughs) Hermione, because Hermione has something to say about everything. (laughs) And you're just going to let Harry sit there and debate. And then your cat jumps on Sirius's chest and you're still not doing anything about this. What? (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Yeah, even a yo, Harry, don't kill my cat. I like my cat would have been like. They did just see Harry punch someone in the face for the first time, so maybe they're afraid that he'll hit them. (laughs) Maybe Hermione's just still angry about not telling everyone that Lupin was a werewolf. This essay didn't tell anyone. Now your friends are serious. Friends. (laughs) Like a brother. Hacking like brothers. I don't know where we're talking about that at, but we probably should. Talk about it whenever you want. Oh, okay. I have one more thing, and then maybe we should talk about that. Okay. Which is, so, uh, after Lupin gives the kids back their wands, he sticks his wand in his belt, and I have so many questions. Is it just, like, a sticking charm? (laughs) Is there, like, a holster there? Is it, like, one of those, like, run-fair belts that has, like, the pouches and the, like, hook for your mug and, like, shit like that? I'm just, like... And I think in general, like, where do you have your wand when you're not using it is very... I'm, like, I just want to know. Because if it's, like, my phone, which I always have on me, I have pockets. And I don't know if any of these robes have the pockets you want to put, like, a half foot or a foot long wand into if there's a rat pocket there's a wand pocket i you know what you're totally right <laughs> that's why ron could just shove scabbard <laughs> <laughs> but i just i don't like that we don't know where the wands go when they're not in your hand i also don't like that we now have to imagine a belted robe which is not a good <laughs> <look>. <laughs> oh no yeah <laughs> Like all billowed up at the top. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a look. For somebody. I feel like I've definitely seen that look at the Renaissance Festival. (laughs) (laughs) Including all the weird crap you can put on your belt to hang down, which seems even more cumbersome. I just realized this might have been a front page. Just the fact that Sirius apparently is so disheveled and very thin, like emaciated. Why can't he eat as a dog? Um, the last thing I heard was about you were saying to hear about how Sirius is like really emaciated. And that's the description they have for him. And I get that you're going for this like creepy killer. But also, Sirius is a dog, and I'm sure there's plenty of things to eat in the Forbidden Forest, so I don't really understand why he's in such bad shape. Also, he hasn't been, assuming he hasn't been attacked by anything, because he's clearly powerful enough to drag a whole body with his teeth. So, I don't know, just questions. That is a truly excellent question. (laughs) Yeah, like, Sirius's ability to function while looking like a literal zombie is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Just how? 
Yeah, if there's enough like deer and shit in the Forbidden Forest to sustain Grop, <laughs> who is 17 feet tall, like Sirius should be fine. <laughs> I mean, I also feel like because me and Hagrid are so similar that if she saw a random dog on the Hogwarts ground, she would definitely be leaving food out for that dog. Oh, yes. If yeah, not, totally. she's not oh, leaving out would. food for other creatures that like wander past. She probably just does that just because, just yeah. in case. Yep. I mean, she's probably leaving out raw meat for the Thestrals. So I like... was about to say that too. An excellent question. What a, <laughs> what a silly thing. Also, I feel like, I, I is the point of Sirius being so like fucked up to be like, Azkaban is so horrible or like being on the run is so horrible or just for like the horror image of like he his face looks like a skull i think it's probably just for the horror image of it yeah i i feel like if this was a different book series and a different author i would maybe say that maybe being an an animaji takes a lot of physical energy to maintain Mm. but this this is harry potter like none of the magic is that bad enough to be like the physical cost of like you doing magic so yep fair enough welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school am i the only am i i guess i'm the only one who has stuff all right i only have two things so first lupin tells everyone that the reason that he even knows that sirius and peter are in the shrieking shack is because he's been watching the map because he was like, oh, I knew you guys were going to try to sneak down and see Hagrid on the day they're going to execute Buckbeak. Which, how is Lupin, and we're also going to assume Dumbledore because he's basically the NSA. How come they're the only two people at this school that are like, oh, hey, yeah, like, pretty sure that these kids are going to sneak down to, like, see Hagrid and, like, comfort their friend. Like, I'm like, McGonagall, what are you doing? <laughs> like a little bit. Like, I know you have all these Gryffindors and Fred and George, but, like, anyone with eyes should have been like, oh, yeah, that's totally, they're totally just not, they're totally just going to do that. They're totally just going to find a way to sneak down there. It's been three years. You know these kids, McGonagall. Oh, who knows? Maybe she's been like, Dumbledore, look. <laughs> <laughs> these kids keep doing this. And I was like, oh, chill. It's fine. I got, I got, I got an eye on it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I mean, that, else, that is probably also realistic because heaven forbidded responsible adult be any part of the situation right now. <laughs> never, never. I was, uh, so I've been working on the Libra uh, meme for social media, which is McGonagall as our, our resident Libra. And a big Libra thing is like not, giving opinions like not wanting to make decisions and i was like how do we see this in mcgonagall and you know either jk rowling or like someone who works uh, at pottermore who decides the birthdays like cares about the astrology of the characters like it's very clear that it's intentionally chosen so i was like it's there somewhere and i realized she does not argue like she makes her opinions clear on her face, but she doesn't <laughs> push back. 
she's like Dumbledore why are you leaving this baby with these terrible people and he's like because I have to and she's like I'm just gonna make a face <laughs> I, I, I feel like have a biscuit Potter is like peak McGonagall not saying what she thinks. Like she is not going to make Harry knows what she thinks, but she's not going to say it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe that's what's happening. She's like, I, I should be watching these kids. And, you know, someone probably Dumbledore is like, no, it's fine. And she's like, OK, <laughs> you're right, Dumbledore. And then just like internally very upset about it but like to go against him would be to like create a conflict and she doesn't want to do that Mm. i feel like that makes a lot of sense it was a little bit like emotionally hard for me to accept this about minerva McGonagall. (laughs) (laughs) i was like is this all true about her but it it is yeah she's just gonna go drink a like three fingers of scotch with a palm free and just like rage about it Mm-hmm. Yep, but very like reservedly rage about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of double speak. I feel like. Going on. <laughs> 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 it's like oh, she's super passive aggressive. I never realized it before. Mm. You just think about the way she talks about Umbridge, and you're just like, oh wow. Like, yeah, actually, I was thinking about sort of her response to Umbridge in the fifth book, and I feel like that kind of shines a light on a lot of her interaction. Mm-hmm. And I also, I guess, maybe also wonder if maybe this is what has allowed her to remain at Hogwarts as long as she has. Because mm. I feel like if she were constantly arguing and questioning Dumbledore's decisions, he would have, like, found a reason to hire another professor. Mm. Mm. That's true. Because I feel like the only other person on the staff you could you could see, or maybe we, and we do see question Dumbledore's decision is Snape, but Dumbledore already has all of the dirt he needs on Snape to be like, you promised, so yeah, you have a lot to atone for, so you're not going to say anything, so you're, so I'm not, so you're not going to do anything about what you're, about your opinions about what I'm doing. And like, none of the other teachers seem like the kind of folks who are going to like, be like, are you sure about that, Dumbledore? Right. Um, hear do you have any education? I don't have any education, now. Jesse, what do you got? I have one more thing, which I feel like we keep talking about, probably, in past episodes. Before the, before Harry and Hermione go into follow Ron, Hermione's like, we should probably go tell someone. And of course, Harry's like, oh no, we, we can, we can do all this. <laughs> we got this. We're 13 years old. We can take care of this you know, ridiculous mystery that's happening in front of us. And I think that part of the reason why, I think part of the reason why Hermione goes with it is he's kind of like, the time it would take to find an adult and to come back, Ron could have been mauled to death. And I'm just like, why the fuck isn't there some kind of like signal these kids can do to alert the staff that something is fucked up is happening on the school grounds? School grounds are huge. It's all kind of dangerous creatures in the woods. And it's like... You know there are no systems in place. They don't give a fuck. It's, I mean, yes. I know they... And I'm just like, how? but how easy would it be to be like, hey, we have this like ward around the school grounds where if you put your wand up and set up some gold sparks, it's going to alert the teachers that you're fucking in danger. <laughs> like, 
I mean, even colleges have those like pointless ass like <laughs> blue box like emergency yeah. phone calls if you're being attacked, which I feel like are probably pretty pointless. But I'm like, at least they're trying to be like, we care about your safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unlike the empty, mm-hmm. uh, like less travel parts of a college campus. Yeah. I don't know. It's very frustrating to me. And the castle's huge. It's like you would take half an hour trying to find a teacher anyway. Be like, oh, hey. These are supposedly some of the most talented witches and wizards in the world. But no, they can't get something as basic as finding three children. Like, they can't keep track of three kids. This is why whatever book it is or they're talking about that there's no safer place than Hogwarts is like, God Lies. (laughs) So many lies. (laughs) For who? I feel like whatever parents are like, you know what? You're not going to go to Hogwarts. I'm just going to homeschool you. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, unless you're the Gons, because that was a terrible situation all around. But mm. I'm sure someone's like, you know what? Actually, you're going to we're gonna teach you at home. <laughs> well, you're not in constant danger. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I was just very frustrated by that. I'd be frustrated or about that every home. single book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not a safe school at all. The fact that only a few kids have died before an actual battle in a war happened is miraculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I just ha- I just had those two things. Um, yeah, I think we section wise. Uh, I think we're done, but we did not we did not talk about embracing his brothers yet, which we should probably talk about. Yeah, let's talk about it. Hadn't seen each other in a long time. Just. Finger quotation marks. Feel each other's bodies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and it's like, is it the case that even even Harry, who you know has all those tingly feelings about Draco Malfoy, just like can't comprehend what kind of embrace is? They're finishing each other's sentences. They haven't seen each other in twelve years, and Lupin and Sirius are like communicating half psychically because they know each other so well yeah and then Mm -hmm. and that's before lupin even changes his mind about whether or not sirius is like up to no good it's like harry have you ever been such good friends with someone that you could do that (laughs) like you're here with your two closest people but you all have to say complete sentences to talk like what do you think is happening here yeah no. Listeners, vigorous head shaking is happening all around. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's always just very it's always just very amusing to just like see the line where it's like, yep, this is why all of fandoms just like, yeah, they're totally lovers, duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, Harry just didn't get it. He's thirteen. He was raised by conservatives. It just didn't process it. <laughs> I guess so. He also doesn't, he doesn't have a brother. Maybe he doesn't know. <laughs> He's like, no one's ever embraced me in my entire life. Oh, God. Oh, How no. dare you? <laughs> That's not what we're doing here. Okay, wait, wait. Y'all, how long do you think it took adult Harry to realize that Sirius and Lupin were in a relationship? Like, after the fact. Like, I just imagine him waking up, like, him, like, in the street, and he's like, I don't know, there's, like, a gay couple that they're kissing, and he's like, oh my god, this is Sirius and Lupin. We're in a relationship. How did I miss all of this? 
<laughs> they weren't just roommates. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, maybe Hermione tells him, like, um, guys. <laughs> yeah, he, like, says something, and Hermione just looks at him for, like, five minutes before being like, hold on. <laughs> Do you actually not know? <laughs> Did you really think that they were like brothers and like Ginny somewhere in the background like laughing her ass off like yeah. on the floor? <laughs> uh, amazing. Did we did we do it? I think we did it. Cool. Um, I know I said it in your bio, but to hear it, can you tell people like where they should go to find you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Tahira A. Green, or you can check out my website, tahira.art. And yep, that's it. And I assume Googling your name will result in many an article that's worth reading. Yeah, they're also on my website. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. We can, uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll post the links to these in the, in the show notes and highlights and stuff when this episode comes out on our social media. Yeah, we definitely will. So yeah, if you just look on our social media, everyone, to find some articles by... To hear, they are very great. Yes, oh, thank you. Y'all are great. No, you are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we gotta bring some of that Chuck Tingle energy to be like, you, you know. Thank you for proving love is real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Gaily Prophet. Uh, if you haven't yet, please check out our other podcast, Escape from Reality. That's Escape with a Gay, uh, where we talk about Carry On by Rainbow Rowell with a similar energy. Uh, and if you haven't read that book yet, get the fuck on it. It's like Harry Potter, but well-written. <laughs> and an actual well-thought-out magical system that we get to discuss. And truly gay. Don't even have to get into the subtext. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so do that. You can also check us out on all of our social media. We're at The Gaily Prophet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at The Gaily Prophet Podcast on Tumblr. You can email us at thegailyprophet at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which is thegailyprophet.com. Really, we locked down The Gaily Prophet in all of the places. So chances are that's where you'll find us if you, or you'll find us if you try that handle. We even have a P.O. box if you want to just send us some old fashioned mail, which is on the website, maybe. Sure will be now that you (laughs) obligated me to put it on there. (laughs) I feel like that's what updating websites is like. You're like, oh yeah, crap, I gotta add this and this (laughs) and this. um jesse talk about our patreon if you haven't already noticed we only had one fake advertisement in this here podcast because we don't have ads and we are 110 percent supported by our patrons who we love very dearly so if you enjoy this content that we are bringing to your ears and have a little extra cash you should uh support us on patreon at patreon.com slash the gaily prophet and uh you can find me on the internet on instagram at lark malachi which is l-a-r-k-m-a-l-a-k-a-i that's also how you spell my website which is larkmalachi.com which is how you can sign up for a tarot reading with me uh you can find you can find me on instagram at live from detroit and on twitter at jesse underscore detroit 
our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song and spoiler warning are by Kevin McLeod. Our spoiler warning is by Sarah Sarwar. And until next time. Romulus. Interruption. Embraced like brothers, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs>